Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, back again for another show for y'all. Today I'm going to be talking about hate and how it affects the relationships that we uh, end up in, whether it be a friendship, relationship, a loved one, so on and so forth, right? Now, I'm going to start this off by talking about an incident that happened here years ago that I was, uh, I'm going to say witness to, but I wasn't right there. I heard it, you know what I'm saying, through the walls. You know, these walls are not thick in prison. Um, and so I'm going to jump right in. I was um, at another institution uh, in East Tennessee. And um, me and my cellar, we were chilling in the cell, you know what I'm saying, just watching some TV and whatnot. And at that time, you didn't have to wear headphones. Uh, so, you know, the TVs were turned up. But because both of us were watching the same channel, you know, we turned it down a little bit. We could hear it and understand what was going on. But during the show we were watching, we could hear you know, a commotion in the cell next to us, right? So, not trying to be nosy, because we, we're not on that, not trying to get in anybody's business. We did turn the TVs down and be like, what is all of this about? You know what I'm saying? So, because we knew that the people next to us, they were affiliated too. They were gang members too, right? But they were Crips. You feel what I'm saying? So, anyway, they were next door, and we could hear them arguing with somebody else not them two weeks, so we heard three voices, right? So anyway, after you, you know, after a while, we heard them continue to argue, but then they started fighting. You know, we could hear slapping, we can hear them calling whoever it was a boy, a bitch, and all of this and that, and all that old other kind of stuff, right? So, but we could also hear him crying, right? So me and my seller, we looking at each other like, dang, he's really getting it, you know what I'm saying? So we started to try to guess who it was and all this old kind of stuff, but we didn't come out of the cell to dare go look into their room and see what was going on, right? It really wasn't our business, right? So I guess we were trying to be a little nosy. So let me go back on that, right? So anyway, as we continued to listen, we heard this whole issue of fighting turn to something that was really dark and gruesome, right? And I heard one of the guys say, you know, hold him, hold him down, hold him down. And while... I'm assuming one dude holding him down, this other dude did something to him. I didn't know what it was at the time, but I heard dude screaming, right? And it was like something I had never heard before in my life. And it was like, please, I stop, stop. I'll get your money, I'll get your money, right? So that told us that this had to be about money or whatever the case may be, but I had no idea what they had done to him at that time, like I said. So later on, you know, as we everybody comes out and you start to hear what's going on, this guy, they had to take him out to the clinic. And now it's starting to spread around the compound. This dude had been sexually assaulted, right? And this wasn't a small dude, right? You know what I'm saying? The size has nothing to do with it. But looking at this guy, you would not think that something like that could happen to him. You know what I mean? But it did. So anyway, as the day went on, uh, it came out that they didn't actually um, penetrate him like with their penis or anything like that, right? One of the dudes stuck his thumb up dude's rectum, right? And was violating him like that. You feel what I'm saying? And, uh, and we found this out, everybody found this out because the two dudes that were in the room with him, they were bragging about it, you know what I'm saying? So now, we're all up on the weight pile, you know, 
And at that time, you know, when you out and about on the compound, you're surrounded by your family members, your brothers, you know what I'm saying, whatever uh, gang that you're repping, you know what I mean? So I was always surrounded by the folks. You know, and the Crips was up there, the Bloods and Vice Lords and every nation and all other, whatever kind of group it was, it was always a group of people, right? But uh, GD dominated the compound, so, you know, we took up the most space, let's say. So anyway, while we're up there and, 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 uh, and Cuz and them, you know, talking about what they had done and all this and that, none of his brothers were correcting him or telling him that's messed up and so on and so forth, right? Now, keep in mind, it still was not GD business, right? But here I am, I'm sitting over here, I'm on the weight bench. I'm, matter of fact, I was bench pressing, you know, if anybody's curious, I was hitting about 315, you know what I'm saying, on the bench press, you know what I'm saying, 10 times, you know, ain't nothing like it. But anyway, when I came up, when I came up, put the weights in the rack, and I raised up, it slips out of my mouth that, man, that's some weak ass shit, you know what I'm saying? And they heard me. Again, here I go, opening my mouth, saying something I ain't got no business because that was not our business. So, cuz, he said something back. He said, you got a problem with what I'm talking about, Joe T? And now when he said that, now it is my business. I was like, yeah, I got a problem with that. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't really think that something like that is straight to do. You know what I'm saying? You violated another man. You know what I'm saying? Nobody should be violated. I've always been like that. I don't believe in that. You know what I'm saying? I don't believe in that bullying type shit. But that's what this dude was on, right? He thought that was a big thing by sticking his thumb in another man's rectum. You know what I'm saying? Defiling that man like that. Defiling another human being like that. He thought that meant something. And none of his brothers around him felt the need to even correct this dude, right? So anyway, me and him are talking. He gets closer to me. Now, he understands the rules, the etiquette. You know what I'm saying? So once he got close to me, the guy surrounded him and me. Like, what you on? So he's standing there looking at me. He's standing at me. I'm standing at him. We stand at each other, as my son would say. And all of a sudden, you know what I'm saying, I look at him, and my chief of security, he's on his way over, right? And I tell him to get him out of my face. You know what I'm saying? Bro, grab him and move him out the way. You know what I mean? It's about to become an incident. It didn't, but it was, it was close to it. You know what I'm saying? So... While I'm sitting there, I sit back down, you know what I mean? I ain't even thinking about it. He don't scare me at all. But when I sit back down, when I'm, while I'm sitting down, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, you know, it's always a situation like that where somebody, and, and, and let me say this too, this wasn't a race thing, uh, and even if it was a, a, a white dude, it wouldn't have been right, but this is another black dude that he did this to. You feel what I'm saying? And... I just don't think stuff stuff's like that is right. But years later, years later, I refer, now let me, before I get to that part, let me, before I get to how, how, how that affected the way I see things, let me tell you this other part about this issue. Later on that night, my guys want to put me in the rack, you know what I'm saying, for getting in the bed. Now keep in mind, I'm in charge, you know what I'm saying, of the compound, but they, some of them felt like I had crossed the line by getting in you know what I'm saying, crip business, right, and putting the organization in harm's way, you know what I'm saying, to the point where we would have to fight. I didn't agree with them. I knew they were right. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't our business. But that's another thing that happens to you in here. You can't even do the right things 
when you belong to a gang sometimes. You feel what I'm saying? And I don't think a lot of people understand that. But I didn't get put in violation. Didn't nothing happen to me at the time, but they almost, they wanted to. So anyway, now let me get to where my mind is at now when it comes to issues like that. You know, I was looking at this Tupac movie, right? And one of the things that he was talking about, this thug life tattoo that he had on his stomach was the hate you give, right? Now, when I think about all of the other things that go on in the world, I think about how hate permeates the heart and how hate affects the way people treat other people. You feel what I'm saying? And in prison in particularly, I was, I, I, I'm so messed up about how, you know, we're always talking about how somebody else is treating us, right? But we're not focused on how we're treating each other. And I think that's one of the stumbling blocks, or let me say roadblocks, to real change. We don't think about how we feel deep down inside, right? But how we feel deep down inside is how we treat other people. So if you're mistreating somebody else in prison, if you're mistreating your family members when you call home, if you're mistreating your wife on the town or anybody like that, you're doing that because you're mad at yourself. That's just the outlet. That's just the excuse that you're using. If she didn't do this or he did that. But think about it. For, in order for your mind to go to a dark place, like those two brothers' minds went to a dark place, you got to have a lot of hatred in you, man. When you're happy, you wouldn't do something like that. Think about what I'm saying. If you're happy, content with life, joyful about things, there's no way you would do something that would harm somebody. The only time you're doing things to harm others is when you feel bad about yourself. That's just where I'm at now. And I just wanted to share that with you because I want people to understand on this journey that I'm on with trying to get people to understand, trying to understand myself better and trying to get people to understand that we don't have to treat each other like this, whether we're in prison or on the streets. We don't have to do that. But on this journey that I'm on, I'm trying to get people to understand that you got to go deeper than changing your behavior. You have to go to that level to where you understand why you're saying and why you're doing the things that you're doing. And it's going to be hard because you're going to have to ask yourself some real questions. And maybe you don't know how to ask yourself those questions. Maybe you don't know the questions to ask. But what I'm telling you is that if you give yourself an opportunity, give yourself a chance to change in a productive way, it'll start to reveal itself to you, you know, it may not be clear to you at first, but it'll become clear to you. And then you'll start to understand that it's not about that other person. It's not about what that other person is doing to me. It's about what you're doing to yourself. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker, and I say peace. <laughs>